Hey, everybody. Welcome to Basement Sports Podcast. And yes, duty, I'm still keeping count. It's number 20. What's up, my bitches? Here we are again. (laughs) So, hey, everybody. I just want to start out the podcast here. We This podcast is brought to you by Muddy Waters Oyster Bar, Kahuna, where you get the greatest poke bowls on the planet, and Bird on the Run. Now, these three establishments are right next to each other on South Highland Avenue. So, Muddy Waters... Bird on the Run and Kahuna are between 130 and 132 South Highland Avenue in Pittsburgh. Okay, so what you want to do is order out from them. We're all going through a bunch of shit right now. Yeah, they're all they're still open. They're all still, three are still, still available open. for takeout. Everybody is available for takeout. So Muddy Waters Oyster Bar, Kahuna, Bird on the Run. We're going to have some more information about them later on. But you can find them all online. You can find them on their websites. Um, and we'll also, be giving you their phone number we'll here give, as we be, go. We'll be giving you phone numbers, but also they're available on these great takeout systems that are out there now. So, for example, Muddy Waters is on Postmates. Grubhub. And Grubhub. Bird on the Run and Kahuna are on Postmates, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash. So, please, 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 look, we're all trying to stay inside. We're all trying to stay safe. But you know what? I know me. Sometimes I'm jonesing for a spicy chicken sandwich at Bird on the Run. Or I actually did have an alligator po' boy at Muddy Waters Oyster Bar, and I've had all the protein smoothies at Kahuna that you could possibly try. Give them a call, order out, get your takeout, and we'll be mentioning them later in the podcast as well. And because of this this whole uh, coronavirus that's going around, guys, if you can, if you're able, please, not only do go in to pick something up, if you can, please buy a gift certificate. Mm-hmm. Give these places some cash up front. You can always use that gift certificate later when this dies down or gift it. Exactly. Um, exactly. If you can do it, it would be a great day. And that's not just for these three, but support the, your local restaurants. If you can do it, please buy a gift certificate. Yep, get them through this. Now, so, hey, we, got some good news we, are, we are so excited, and I mean so excited, to have Christopher Carter, the Chris Carter the lead NFL analyst from DK Pittsburgh Sports is joining us today. He's also co-host of Locked on Steelers podcast. He is part of WPXI TV, especially with their high school sports during the high school football season, and also part of Steelers Nation Radio here on this podcast to talk Unless to us about, I don't think he did, Okay. to talk to us about <laughs> Steeler football and NFL football and everything going on here so far in the offseason. Chris, how are you? Great to be here, Greg and Duty. Thanks for having me on the show. All no right. problem, yeah. man. We appreciate it more than you know. Thanks for coming, man. So I, here's how we're going to kick it off. And I, I, I went back and forth on Twitter with uh, some people on this. Bud Dupree, okay? So they, oh, they, this, is, they, this is a firework fran- starter right here. They franchise tagged him. Uh, 15 mil. Yep. There's a franchise. So a little I, over 15. So there, there, I, you know, it's been some back and forth. I would say what I've seen on, on social media, more positive than negative. But you didn't see uh, mine. But, then. <laughs> I, I did see yours, but what are your, like, what's, what's the general thought? I mean, was this, was this like, did, did Pittsburgh have, did the Steelers have no other choice, but to do this, or uh, you, you think this is a smart move franchising him for at least one more season? I, I think it's a smart move. I think one thing that everyone needs to calm down about this about is that this does not mean that he is definitely going to just be franchise tag. The Steelers have made have made it very obvious. If you listen to Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, Art Rooney, all three of them have said, we want to get Bud on a long-term deal. 
and one that works for him and works for us. They want to get a, they, they saw the dynamic duo of him and TJ Watt this past year, and they loved what they saw. You saw Bud Dupree really fitting fitting in on his side. One thing that that, that people don't realize is when they flipped those two players because uh, you know Watt Watt's, Watt's on the other year. side, yeah. right? What yeah. Watt was you know when I, when I asked him and I I asked him uh, in the eight, in the 2018 uh, training camp and I was like, hey man, you know what what's this flip about? And he's like, well. I, I never was used to play this this side and I didn't feel natural pulling off all my moves and now that I'm over there I feel I feel good using all the different things that I know. So uh, and with Bud, you teamed him up with Cam Hayward on his side. That allowed him because Cam Hayward, Bud Bud's a guy that uses space. He's much he's much he better yeah. when he when he's not trying to hand fight as much and he's more so trying to beat you to different spots and force you to cover different ground. And that's a different kind of skill set. But and with Stephon Tuitt, there were times that that really worked. But with Cam Hayward, that almost always worked. Yeah. And so that that's just a skill set that I think they, the Steelers were just like, hey, let's make this happen. And so the first year it was good. This year, I, I'd say it was great with both players being double digit in sacks and Watt being a defensive MVP, MVP candidate. Um, so I, I think it makes a lot of sense. They don't want to break up that that tandem. And if you think about it, the 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 past years that the Steelers have won the Super Bowl. Or, or, or been to the Super Bowl, they've had a one-two punch at outside linebacker that, that's been bringing the heat on the quarterback. Um, and I, I think that that's vital. If they let go of him, they, they most likely would have had to either say, hey, you know what, we're going to get one in the draft, or we're going to sign a guy in free agency who, who isn't going to be used to the system. They need to strike while the iron's hot because they know that with Ben Roethlisberger you know, be getting up there, they need to have that time. So I understand some people – uh, may feel like, oh man, Bud, you know he's not really worth that. But I think for the system, he totally is. And when you talk to Bud Dupree, like I've been in the locker room, this guy gets it. Like, and and I remember, uh, if, and I, I think this is a big part of it too. I remember mid year of 2018, um, in Joey Porter's last season of coaching the out the outside linebackers, I asked Bud, I was like, hey man, what's going on? Because he had a, a game where he had like, he had a rush of games where he had like like a, a, a series of sacks. And uh, I was like, man, what's up? You, you, you like you eating your weeders or something? He's like, man, Coach T, he told me just to go get after the quarterback. And I was like, uh, and he just he told me to do what I do. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, so but he didn't have to think. He just played. Well, it's, he, but he went to his instincts. And I think yep. what it was was that all the things that Joey Porter was teaching him were what Joey Porter knew. Because Joey Porter, like a lot of the Steelers' uh, edge rushers of, of the early 2000s, he was a converted defensive end. That's not Bud Dupree at all. Bud Dupree is not a power guy. No, he's and, not. Um, and and I think that's where they were kind of like, hey, you know what? You know, Joey, we love you, but we, we got we to gotta part ways here, and, and we got to coach to the actual skill sets of these players. And that's what's allowed Bud Dupree to explode. I, I don't think that he's going to fall off. He may not get a, a, another double-digit sack season, but if he's in that eight to nine range, he's doing his job. He turns back the run really well. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think that this was worth it. And uh, I also think the people that are stressing about the cap, one, the Steelers have cleared out a ton of space already. And two, this, uh, this next, these next couple of years, you're about to see this salary cap explode. So it's going to go way up. There's no doubt. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, Chris, I'm the other side. I, I, I hated the signing. And, I'm, and I shouldn't say hated it. I wouldn't have done it if I was the Steelers GM. And here's why. This guy has been around forever. He had one good year, and it was his contract year. So in my head, I'm thinking, so this guy decides he's just, he's going to go all out now when it's in a contract year. And also, 15 mil was his cap thing. My thinking is they could have got another linebacker for 8-9 off the 
free agency list. Um, they're still dumping players left and right right now, and they'd have had six million left to perhaps keep one of the keep Finney that that they let go, mm-hmm. lineman, something like that. So what what do you say to people that say, dude, it's had one good year since he played, and it was his contract year? Now you kind of well, answered that with the way you said his style was better with Watt, but anything else you can add to the naysayers? Well, one thing I'd also say is look at the way that he approached this season with the type of training um, that, that, that he took on. Uh, one thing that Hunter Homestek, our guy at, at DK Pittsburgh Sports, he mm-hmm. brought up a story that Bud was doing a lot of like fighting training. He was, he was working on his hands. And I think it was because it's like, hey, man, the, you know, they said, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. And whereas before, as, you know, he was trying to fit this specific mold, and this gave him a chance to really be himself but still work on the things that are going to work to that game, that, that style of gameplay that he has. So partly of that, but also if you ever listen to Mike Tomlin talk about what's the most important part of the team, he'll say quarterback and then edge rusher. And, and, and so that's the philosophy of the Steelers. They want to bring heat off the edge because, you know, they know that's the easiest way to get to the quarterback. If you could, if you have, if you're bringing edge heat off of both sides, you're making the job for everyone else easier. You're making it so that, you know, even though they, they, they like what they've got in Hayden and Nelson and, and it's Fitzpatrick, you're making it so that those guys don't have to work nearly as hard to cover people for as long. So they're they're looking at the value of the edge rusher position and what Bud brings to the system along with his athleticism. Um, And I think they're saying like, you know what? We could have a good four years, three to four years where him and Watt are in their prime. They're working together and Watts could stay here for the long term. But at least Bud sees the last, you know, the the tail end of his 20s being a Steeler and working with them and them not having to worry about any edge rushers. I think that's the bottom line is that, yeah, you could have kept Finney and kept like a decent guard. But why not keep an edge rusher that looks like he's, you know, he, he's about to, he's about to hit his peak, and that could and that position being that much more important. All right, and you, you actually made me feel a little bit better about it um, with your insights, so I, I appreciate that. I, uh, I just a quick story. I had the pleasure of being on the same plane with Bud Dupree after he was drafted in Chicago. I was actually here. working on in Chicago. He got drafted the night before I had to fly back. And he's on the plane with me. And talk about standing out in a crowd. He is a large human. I mean, he is a really well, big airport. But yeah. yeah, but I mean, we, we were, I actually had a chance to chat with him coming down the escalators, going into baggage claim. Uh, Teresa Varley was kind enough. I worked with Teresa at the University of Pittsburgh. Um, she was kind enough to take my picture with him. Like, super, super nice guy. But you could see, he's like, he was a rookie. His eyes were as big as dinner plates, man. Here he was in Pittsburgh. But... All of those fans already knew who he was and were approaching him and couldn't wait to see what he can do. I was willing to wait. And mm-hmm. last year, we we really kind of got to see what this guy could do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think he grew in the right direction. He yep. continues to adjust to what the team needs him to do. Um, and and for all the people that talk about they probably hear his, his, his southern accent and think, oh, man, that, that's just another – the guy, no, Bud is assessing what's going on. He knows what's his strengths, yeah. what his weaknesses, and how to play off of other people's strengths and weaknesses. He's he's absolutely one one of, one of the better players that they have to add to their locker room. I think it's another thing. They're looking for guys that make this locker room whole. They want to get leaders back because they miss the days. Like you know, yeah, like like how Troy Polamalu said, like, I didn't want to babysit anybody. Le'Veon Bell, great player, but he wasn't the guy that led the locker room. He wasn't James Ferry. Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. we saw what what happened with that. I didn't even say Ben Roethlisberger. He's not a locker room leader guy. He gets no. his job done, and he sort of he, he can set the tone when he needs to. 
but he's not the guy that's going to like raise his voice and everybody's going to stop and listen and do what they have to do. Um, and I think Bud may not be that guy, but he's a, he's one of the guys that, that young players can look to and say, man, that guy is super explosive. He's getting his job done. We can fall in line behind him. Um, and I think they're go- they're honestly they're going for more of those character type of guys for the, for the for the time being. And you know what? By all accounts, he's a hard worker. Like when the young oh, kids absolutely. come in and see him in the weight room, uh, see him there early. He doesn't miss meetings. None of that stuff. So that, that's all good. Hey, uh, so so Chris, uh, I want to move on to uh, here in the past uh, past twenty four thirty six hours. Steelers signed Derek Watt. Uh, fullback, fullback championship fullback uh <laughs> special teams from the chargers and they're releasing rosie nicks brother of uh, but so so my so question is you know uh, there's been a lot of talk about you know with with the the watt contract it's like man is he really worth it you know he's more of a special teams guy although he i saw some tape of him playing fullback and as a blocker he's also got really good hands coming out of the backfield um, what what are what's your what's your take on this uh, on this uh, switch at fullback? And I know, look, I know that they they like to get him on special teams because they lost Matikavich, but overall mm-hmm. signing Watt. Uh, what's your thoughts on this move? Oh, don't forget they also lost Anthony Chicolo. Both of those two guys right. were high up in the special team snaps. True. Right. Yep. Um, yep. But but to answer your question fully, I'm gonna start from the top. For one, even if they don't address the running back position in this draft, which I think that they will do. You got James Conner as your top back. He's a power runner. He prefers it when there's a lead blocker in front of him, and he follows that guy to glory. And when he does that, that's when you see his best moves on defenders happen. But when he has to pick in a zone in a zone running scheme, and he's he's judging between his gaps, that's when you see him kind of slow up and not have the same kind of uh, boost that you see out of him that, that that made him really good in 2018. So having that that lead blocker available is huge. Now. I, I think, honestly, they were waiting to see if Roosevelt Knicks could recover. And it, I, I think his knee injury was a lot worse than we th- than we knew. Okay. And uh, they, they looked at that and they said, you know what, uh, Rosie, we love you, but, you know, we, we got to get a guy that we can depend on and a guy that can help, especially on special teams. And for those who think that that's not a big deal, I want you to look back to, and I brought this up on the Crowley Show today on uh, ESPN Radio. I want you to look back to that Saints game. And everyone remembers – when they called the fake punt and Roosevelt Knicks almost got it, thought he got it, everyone's like, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And, you know, people were talking about, oh, that was a stupid call. Why would you ever call it? Oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Look at, the, look, look at the film. And this is why I do what I do. If you look at the film, there was only one seat that even really realized yeah, that it was a guy. fake punt. And he made the tackle. And if Anthony Ciccolo or Tyler Medikavich, who were, who were both in blocking range of it, if one of those guys gets a hat on him, just a little bit. You don't have to even pancake him. I'm just saying push him. Just get Move away. him off the ball. Knicks walks to the first down. And yeah. it's a great call. And they probably win that game. They probably go to the playoffs. Antonio Brown never explodes. Like, that, that's literally all the team reactions that could have happened from just that moment. A special teams player that is good at their job and you can count on, that's very important. And Derek, Derek Watt tied Tyler Matikiewicz for the most, most special teams tackles, tackles last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, he's, a, he's a detail-oriented worker. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, kind of what you're getting from him because you know his brothers, and um, I, I absolutely think this is a very good move on their part. But um, are they going to go uh, to a more offensive two back set then? Because they don't do that. Well, they haven't done that, but I think that they will. Okay. Because I think that I think that they're looking at look, we got to protect Ben. You know, and, and um, I'm the, I'm no doctor, so I'm not saying that my word is the gospel, or, or I'm not trying to be a doctor. But I have to think 
that this elbow injury had something to do with Ben throwing the most. It's hard to it's hard to believe that this was the year that he threw the most yards and the most pass attempts in the NFL. And then all of a sudden, the next year, he has an elbow injury. Yeah. Now, I know he's older, yeah. but still, I think that you know there may be a correlation there. And even if there's not, the Steelers may be like, you know what? We don't want that to happen again. So let's not have him throw 5,000 times. Let's get a power run game going. Let's get at least a run game, any type of run game, just something that takes the ball out of his hands and allows him to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to tr- check out of this pass play, go to this run, because I know that you guys are gearing up to stop Juju over the middle or Vance McDonald or Deontay Johnson or James Wilder. You get my point. But, yeah. you know, if, if, they, if, they can, if they can scare people with the pass enough and open up the ground game and then the ground game becomes dominant, then that allows the offense to have that kind of balance. But, if you're, again, if you have James Conner, he needs a fullback. He, I mean, he, he runs so much better with one in front of him. Um, in fact, I have it on a good source that uh, that the reason that Roosevelt Knicks kept getting kept in his early years with the Steelers was because Le'Veon Bell said, get me that guy because yeah, I yeah. run better behind him. Um, well, the other and, thing, too, that gets lost in this is play action passes. When you get a fullback and a running back both going to the same hole and he yes. fakes to the, to the halfback, the play action yeah. pack holds two linebackers. Yep. It holds a defensive guy. So if that slows yeah. down that pass rush for a second, just one second, then Ben can do – has a little bit more time to throw the ball, as you're saying. But and so it, much better to do a play-action pass when both running backs are going to the same. 100%. And this, and this is going to kind of dovetail a little bit into a, into another question because I remember James Conner at Pitt with um, – uh, was it – it was Aston, uh, George George Aston, I think, was the fullback, the fullback yeah. at the time. And, like, he was a road grader. You know, and, and Connor ran great behind him. You know, I, I was. Oh, you're talking about, about Pitt. And when he was at Pitt. No, I was like, like, no, 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 no. no. When he was at when he was at Pitt, <laughs> like he he ran behind That's a really the bourbon good, talking. When he ran behind a really good fullback, you know, he yes he did. He had some monster monster games, and I I was uh, you know, because a lot of Pitt people are bored, and we have to go back to our former glory. You know, when we actually won football games on a consistent basis. So back in 2016, they were replaying. We, have, we the ever game. did that? Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks. Yeah, I have to put up with this guy, this Penn State guy next to me all the time. Hello. So, oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. So we're against him. Never mind. No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I went to Pitt Law. No, Penn State stinks. Get <laughs> <out of> you. <laughs> so, you know, I just I was watching that Clemson game. And uh, when they went into Death Valley and beat Clemson, and mm-hmm. they had that lead fullback, so so I'm I'm thinking Matt Canada here, okay? Yeah, buddy. So so this is this is you know Matt Canada is now the quarterbacks coach. I see this move them focusing on you know on a fullback. Blow it out uh, your got, ass. Got Pittsburgh this guy is not going to go to Matt Canada so, fullback led off. No, but I'm it's just not what happening. influence do you think Matt Canada is going to have on this offense going into this year? I think Matt Canada is going to force the younger quarterbacks, especially to make smarter decisions with the football and to say, Hey, you know what? Yeah. I understand you you have a lot of things going through your mind. Cause there were several times Mason Ruff just didn't want to pull the trigger. And like, he, and he had a, there were times like I got into this argument with Dan Kovacevic on a, a morning Java this week. That's actually going to air soon. But, okay. <laughs> um, so but you, you had an argument with him. Yeah. Hard like, to believe you and 20 million other people. Yeah. Have had an argument. Yeah. Well, he's my boss. So, you know, I gotta, you know, yeah. we, we do our shows together, but, um, <laughs> but so we, we got, we had this argument where he was talking about Vance McDonald, <coughs> excuse me. Right. And, um, and he was saying that, you know, Vance didn't get enough separation. I'm like, actually, Vance had some of the best separation in, in the NFL because nobody was, was was worried about him because they weren't targeting the tight end. Well, yeah, they and wouldn't said, throw well, it to him. him. Yeah. Right. And he he was could like, have well, been wide open. They weren't throwing it to him. 
Exactly. And that was that was my problem the whole year long. Now, I think Matt Canada, his job is going to come in and make the young quarterbacks do this. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, I, I'm not how, sure how much fingerprints he's going to get on Ben. Right. I think he's going to I think Ben is going to work with Feetner and that's going to be his thing. But Matt Canada, his job while Feetner's still drawing up the offense cuz I'm I'm of a of a very small minority of people out there that think that Randy Feetner isn't this bum that everyone says that he is. I think that he draws up good X's and O's. I just think that people really underestimate how important that quarterback position is and how bad Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges were this year. Right. Um, yeah, that's, and the, the, that's obviously agree with that. And when you're saying you don't think he's as bad as people think, I don't think James Conner deserves the crap he's getting from guys like Mark Madden. People are listening to Mark Madden. Oh, oh, I agree. Um, he hates him. He's horrible. He's not a number one running back. I totally disagree. This guy, well, I, I think he can be a number one running back if he's used properly. I, 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 I think that if he if, if he has the system around him, he's a number one. Right. He can be a number one. But he's not. But he's going to be a number one running back the way kind of Rasheen Mostert kind of ended up being the number one running back for the Niners. I just he needs the thing in front of him. Connor doesn't create enough on his own, and that I, that I do think is a problem. He does also have injury issues. That's where I push back on 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 Connor just being a number one running back. But I will say this: I've gone at it with Mark Madden about James Connor. I remember the opening the opening game of 2018 when they tied the Browns. And we're on the final word. Yeah. yeah. And um, and uh, we were asked by Albie, Albie Oxenrider, he said, you know, who's the, you know, who's the, who's the person most to blame for not beating the Browns today? And my answer was, well, it's Ben because he turned the ball over six times. And uh, and, and, and Mark's answer was James Conner because he fumbled once. And I was yeah, like, right. what? And I was like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? He had 120 yards in his first career start. Ben Roethlisberger came out and threw, threw five interceptions and fumbled. Like, how do you? So I, I don't know. <laughs> Mark Mark has his shit. He's very good at what he does. That's yeah. why he's 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 huge in Pittsburgh radio, and yeah. he he's established the profile. He's but, got the professional but, wrestling stick down perfectly. Oh, he does. He, the he's villain. the perfect. He's the perfect heel. Yeah. Um, and right. and and, uh, and he he does that that stuff very well. And we have good conversations off air as well. So, um, but as far as James Conner, I don't. I do think that they need to address the running back position because they need a guy who makes people miss in space and even not in space. Uh, you know, you look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and how he played against Alabama. He had SEC defenders bearing down on him in the backfield, and he was still pulling off spin moves to create extra yards. Very rarely does James Conner make people miss behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he did. that's not him. That's yeah, not him. exactly. He, he, he's a one-cut-and-go. Right, he's a mm-hmm. one-cut. And once he picks up that momentum, like when he's like Tough three, to tackle, four, five, there's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's when he's at his strength. And that's the problem. That's why I'm like, he can be a number one running back. But he's just like not for what the Steelers need right now. And if the Steelers had the offensive line they did in 2014, absolutely. But this is not that line anymore. Marcus Gilbert's gone. Pouncey and DeCastro are a little bit older. Uh, Villanueva's, I think, is kind of regressing a little bit. Um, but all in all, I, I think that Connor he, he can absolutely still contribute. But I do think they're going to get another running back this year, um, or at least try to make him even out his carries with Snell a little bit. Um, uh, move, moving forward, but I also think that Matt Canada, as far as he's not going to force a two fullback system or two back system with the fullback on them, um, but he is probably going to inject some thought as far as like, hey, we, we, if if Ben gets hurt, you know, this is what we should do to work with these guys because I've had I've closely worked with uh, Mason Mason Rudolph or whoever comes in at the third quarterback position, um, and uh, and that's where you'll see his influence um, with their decision making. Uh, but but I do still do think that even with Feetner, you're going to see some some heavier heavier sets out there this year, just because they're going to want again want to protect Ben Roethlisberger's arm, 
mm-hmm. and uh, establish the ground game. Because also, if they if they run the ball effectively, that gives the defense more time to rest, gives them less snaps, and that allows them to play a lot better. You know, I'd love to see on just if this is goes to every NFL team except Baltimore when it's third and one. <laughs> for God's sake, get out of the shotgun. It's third and inches. It's third and one, and every NFL team now goes in a shotgun. I'd love to see the fullback leading the way through the hole on third and one the way they used to do it. And just if you stop us, great. Here it comes. We're coming to a hole. you gotta, you got to guard them all, and we're going to hit you with a fullback and a running back that can pick up one yard. I'd love it. And, and if you do it once, then you play action off of it. Mm-hmm. Who, does, who, does, uh, who does James Conner share carries with next year, do you think? Is it Benny Snell? Um, th- is it Samuels? I, I I, who, who is it? I think he shares car- carries with whoever they pick in the second round, but I still have them slated to pick a running back. Wow. Uh, so th- we- this is a really interesting segue you just said because my next thing to you was staying on free agency. They did lose two linemen, right? Guard yeah. retired, yeah. Foster retired, and you lost, and lost B.J. Finney. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so Pittsburgh has no first-rounder. Their first pick is number 49 of the second round, and I've been mocking this for a week and a half, these drafts. Here's your three players, knowing that they need linemen and tight ends and a running back. Here's your three players, Chris, and they're all available with your first pick in the second round. You ready? All right. Tight end, Cole Komet, no. Notre Dame. No. Okay. I'm telling you. you no right now. I got I, you. I, I, tight end, the tight end, this is not a second-round draft tight all right, end right, good. for 49. Here's my two players that I love. Number all one, right. I love the most, and that's J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, the running back. Absolutely. And I also like the guard out of Clemson named Simpson, who would be an immediate starter when he gets to the NFL. So you got holes on the line, and you got J.K. Dobbins. Who are you taking? I'm taking Dobbins, man. The playmaker. Okay. If, he's he's there. There. if he's there, I'm taking him, too. too. That guy, yeah, that yeah, guy. For- they would have beaten uh, LSU if he didn't get hurt. I fully believe that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really think that uh, he changes a lot. Um Clemson, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, Clemson. No, yeah, you're fine. No, but wait, here's wait. the thing. It was LSU. No, Ohio State beat Clemson, and then Clemson lost to LSU. Yeah, yeah, Clemson lost to LSU. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But see, here's the thing. I, I really believe if if you're if you're looking at interior offensive linemen and you're talking about uh, John Simpson, you can get that guy in the fourth round, maybe even like one of those fourth-round picks. Um, I don't think he's going that early. You got a lot of guys in the on the interior now. If you were saying Lloyd Cushenberry the third, first of all, love that name. Yeah, me too. Um, That's an NFL name. Get um, that on the back yeah. of a jersey, right now. Because if you get Lloyd, if, if you get this guy, he could play guard and center. So that gives you your backup center that you just lost, right? That's... With. Uh, with, with, with Finney. Right. And that's a guy who I think could be picked in the, in the second round. Now, I think he also could be gone by the time they pick. That's what um, I was I thinking. Think, I, th- I had him off the board. That's why I went with right. Clemson. And, and, that, and that's fine. Caesar Reeds is good as gone. Don't don't count on him being there. He's the top guy from Michigan. Yep. Um, but honestly, I would look at Nick Harris, uh, Ben Bredesen, or Jonah Jackson. Those guys, and any of those guys, excuse me, if they, if they slip to the third round, that's where, that, Simps- that's where I, is there a chance Simpson's there in the third round with our compensatory oh, I, pick? I know. I, I think he's definitely there. He's I, there? I think okay. when, I, when, when I, when I look at my rankings, like, honestly, if I'm, if I'm picking a guard, not even a center, if I'm picking a guard in the third or fourth round, I'm looking at LSU's Damian Lewis. Yeah. This is a guy. That kid's who's a monster. Not, yeah. He's a monster. He's not technically sound. He gets his hands outside of people's frame too much, but that's something you can coach. Right. And when I've seen, when I saw him at the point of attack, just bury people. I'm like, that's what I want. I want a guy 
that, that, that's just putting people away in the middle of the line. That's something that I could use in the middle and, round. And he's just draft. he's just mean, man. Like you yeah, look at his tape. He's just mm-hmm. like he just wants to kill you. His motor is every single play. You know, I like that kid yeah, from Georgia too. That Solomon Kinley guy's yes. three hundred and thirty-five pounds, and all he does is fire straight ahead and take two offensive linemen with him. Mm-hmm. But again, he's another guy that I can, I can see that I can see that guy going in the middle round. Yeah. He, I, could, I, I he honestly, could drop absolutely. Yeah. Could. Right, I, like I think those, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there on the offensive now, line it, in the draft. It, it, here's my here's my ultimate take that I've been holding on to for the, for, from the start of draft analysis and everyone talking about this. And I, I catch some heat from this a lot of times, especially on the Locked On Steelers podcast, because a lot of people want linemen. But I keep telling people there are probably going to be at least 11, maybe as much as 14 or 15 offensive linemen drafted by the time the Steelers pick at 49. When I evaluated all the different team needs, um, I did this a while back. I looked at offensive, I looked at interior offensive line and offensive tackle. And I saw that at each position, there were about 13 teams that really needed a starter at, or, you know, or at least someone who's going to contribute soon um, at either position. And then that's 13 for each. So, uh, some of those overlapped and, and whatnot, but you're talking about a potential about 13 at either position, you know, looking at it. And there's only about eight of each of those targets, um, eight of each of those positions that I would consider even possibly with that second round pick. I honestly wouldn't consider uh, most of those eight for the second round pick. But um, when I look at that, I, I just think that you're going to see in that first 13 picks, you're going to see five off- offensive tackles gone. But do you and think you're going to, do you think uh, I heard some somebody talking about possibly moving uh, uh, Okafor to guard? Not Okafor, Filer. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, so somebody actually talked about moving Chucks to to Chucks, guard. Yeah, like so, I, I had heard that, but it's like who would be better fit like to 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 go to guard? Would either be Okafor or Filer? I would say Filer because he has the experience at guard. They moved him right. to guard to face Aaron Donald. He did fairly well. Yep. Um, I think he's better built for the guard position. Um, Okafor is a natural tackle. Okay. And, and also, the, what I studied out of his his, uh, his Western Michigan tape was when, and this is back when he was drafted. Now, he's worked on this a little bit. He's gotten a little bit better at it. But his biggest, my biggest problem with him was always that his footwork was amazing. His drops, perfect. He would get in the right spot, but he would be too passive. He wouldn't bury people. And even in the pass rush, he'd be too reluctant to put his punch on somebody and to set the tone and, and establish the the, the terms of engagement with, with with an edge rusher, and that's something that you cannot afford to have at a guard. You now, don't have him to, at left tackle, do you? You have him at right tackle. No, he's a right tackle. Now, okay. I, D- Dale Lolly, our our lead beat writer with the Steelers, and Dale, when he says stuff, I listen because he's been with the team since 1992. Okay. Um, but he told me that there are, he he printed on our inside that there there's rumbles that maybe a core four takes Villanueva's spot at left tackle. Uh, oh wow! And, and wow, that would. Right, that is a that is a major wow. Now, I also think that Villanueva, as nice of a guy as he is, and everyone's happy because he stood for the anthem, <laughs> he has a lot of holes in his game, yeah. and, and and they he's really big. got exposed. He's this a year. big boy. Yeah, right. He's he's a big guy who is a who is athletic. He can get to a spot, but there are too many times I think he just kind of loses focus and, and 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 loses out in the game. And there's days where he's great. There's days where I'm like, man, like like there was one game against the Browns in 2018 where he buried Miles Garrett. And I was like, good Lord, like that's the yeah. best I've ever seen you. But then there's other games like this year where he was just getting, he just gets abused left and right. Um, I, I remember, in fact, that that very Bears game where he did the anthem shtick, um, uh, the, when that happened back in, I think it was 2017. Yeah. Um, when he did that, I, I, he was getting his butt kicked. And I was like, well, if you're going to make a statement like that, you need to come out and follow it up with something. 
Well, the, um, the thing that I notice about about uh, about Villanueva is, if he gets his hands on you, you're done, okay. But if you're if you're a rusher and you get you up into get his chest, him. yeah, you can push him. Or you him. or you get around him and he can't get his hands on you, he can't extend his hands on you, then you're going to get the best of him. And it's that's like a, that's you, a good assessment. Yeah, you don't have a guy who you know. And I was I was watching I was bend. watching a game. I was watching a game. I forget what year it was, but it was it was against the Colts, and it, whoever was rushing against him that game, and I don't remember a specific name, but he was uh, he just kept on letting Al get his hands on him, and Al was just manhandling him on the pass rush. But then when I noticed some other tape later on, and there were there were some guys like I think it was a, a game against Mac who came up and he had to block Mac or, or and a couple of other guys. When they got up in his chest or got around the edge, I couldn't get both hands on him. He really, really struggled. He Those couldn't guys, adjust. The speed guys with the bend give him trouble. Yeah. The guy that can take two steps, lower his inside shoulder, and then he's mm-hmm. got nothing to push. Uh, they're by him. He's out of position. The, the only thing the quarterback can do is step up in the pocket when that happens. And uh, right. Yeah. It, but, he gave that so, up a lot. So, so that's where I think four. If his, if his fundamentals inc- improve, that's where he can maybe overtake Villanueva with. But ultimately, I think what happens is he's going to duke it out with Zach Banner for the right tackle position. Um, Banner, I, I really like what he brings to the table as far as the motivation. The one thing that I see out of him, his his starts are very good when he comes out when he comes out of the block. When he comes off the, off the ball, he's like, okay, I'm getting to my spot. His his one two steps are great, but there's oftentimes I see him when he gets a block in the run game, his feet kind of either get they start to tight rope a little bit or they don't follow through. And allow him to finish his blocks as well as they as well as he could. Um, but again, this is a guy who's turning his career around. He lost a ton of weight to even make it for the Steelers. Right. Um, right. And, and and he knows that they're that they, they gave him a one year deal this, this, in free agency. He knows that the pressure's on. If he wants to make a career, this is the time he's got to do it. And he's been very adamant about being that guy for Pittsburgh. So um, I think Zach Banner has a really good shot in Pittsburgh to make a career for himself. He's got to catch uh, some passes. He's got to catch some balls. <laughs> <laughs> Got no. Don't get me started, because my boy Tony Serino on Locked On Steelers, he's been he's been clamoring for that for, for, oh, for months. God. And I was like, Tony, uh, no. He's did, like, run. he's like, no. Nine routes with Zach Banner. No one will see. Chris, it could you imagine if he caught a touchdown pass in Heinz Field? Oh, how crazy that be. crowd would go. My he God. is a and, fan yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah, no, he absolutely is. Because seventy-two reporting eligible. I mean, that is. Uh, it, that was I've never seen even that. at like, even at visiting stadiums when they played the yeah. Cardinals and that happened that crowd yeah. just roared. Yeah, that, that you can't surprise anybody because as soon as they see him coming in, <laughs> saying he's eligible, the whole Pittsburgh the stadium stands up. Yep, yeah. it's ridiculous. Uh, Although I, surprise, I'll, I'll, I'll say though that Cardinals stadium, University of Phoenix that was stadium, crazy. That but that's always like that. Yeah, yeah. that's Pittsburgh's all. That's Steelers. Always, that's Steelers West. Listen, I went there eight years ago when they played, when Mike Wallace had like a 95-yard touchdown reception. I went there as a fan, and uh, my uncle used to live out in, in, uh, out in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. So he, he got tickets for us. We went, and um, I couldn't believe my eyes, fellas. Like, I, when I pulled up to the stadium, there was just – so, like, first of all, it's probably the best stadium to hang out at because just imagine you're just in the middle of the desert. And there's just this highway that drops you off at a stadium, and there's nothing else around. And, and then there's just there's this giant patch of grass where that's where they do the tailgating, and it's just people just hanging out, and it was just full of Steelers fans. I'm like, what is this? And then we get in the stadium, 
And it was mostly Steelers fans. And yeah. I'm walking around. My uncle's like, this is what it's like 24-7. They also they have a bar. Uh, I'm going to kill myself because I can't remember the name of the bar. But it's called, It's like it has a sign. I think it's Harold's. Harold's, Harold's Inn or something like that. Yeah. They, it's, it's called the biggest Steelers bar west of the Mississippi. And wow. you walk in there. If you go in there, they got pictures of all the great Steelers. They even had a booth where you can bet on horses like your Art Rooney. Um, they, they're, 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 their menu has items from the strip district. Like, they have, like, places in the strip district. I'm like, this is ridiculously authentic for Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's and they're like, awesome. yeah. That is I'm like so going to awesome. Arizona and getting a few pierogies. Well, that's, the, well, that's the thing. And then the crazy, here's the craziest part. To, to sit in there and watch a game, you have to not just buy tickets, but season tickets. Like, they have tables set up that are assigned to people. Oh, Michael wow. Connor said, like, if, if you were lucky enough to be a Steelers fan in Arizona and stumbled onto those things, you went because it was just the most raucous environment that you could get uh, when the Steelers were playing somewhere else in the country. Well, it's, it was like the two games that really stood out to me this past year was the Cardinals game and then the game at, at the Los Angeles Chargers, which was kind of yeah. in a oh, soccer yeah. stadium. But it was nothing but Steeler fans in that crowd. Yeah. And I've, I've, been, I've been out there. I have friends that live in San Marcos out near La Jolla. Nice. And, uh, you know, we went, I went to visit them, spent a couple of days at their place, and – my buddy told me, my buddy's from out here. He's from near Johnstown. He said, he said, Greg, all down this street during football season, you don't see a Chargers flag. You see Steeler flags. He's like, all these people are Steeler fans because a lot of wow. them came from Pittsburgh. So he goes, they don't, he goes, yeah, there's a lot of people that travel and they travel well, but it's, it's like, there are so many Steeler fans embedded in these other towns. And when the Steelers come to town, well, that's our opportunity to go see their favorite team. Yep. Yep. And it works. Well, hey, a uh, couple other Steelers. I, I did want to bring up losing Javon Hargrave, who signed with the sure. uh, with the Eagles. I loved him. Like I wanted back when the Steelers drafted him. I wanted the Steelers to draft yeah, him in beast. the worst way. He was just a beast. Like he was, and when he was there for the Steelers and they picked him, I was overjoyed. Uh, you know, I'm happy for him. You know, he he got a a, a nice contract from the Eagles. Who's going to step up for the Steelers? I know Tuitt's going to be back. Uh, you know, there's there's been some talk about, you know, the development of Isaiah Bugs. I, I actually really liked the Bugs pick last year, but who who steps up? Yeah, maybe do we they pick draft some, another one. Do we draft somebody? Do we is there somebody in free agency we can pick up? What is what does that look like? I see them looking in that fourth, fifth round range for an interior defensive lineman where they can get a guy that's gonna contribute um and battle out and probably beat out maybe maybe even beat out Doug's um and, uh, and don't forget Dan McCullers. They, they keep That's bringing true. that guy back every They keep year. bringing every him back. Year. He's like yeah, Jason. He, I, he won't. Friday won't the 13th. Go of him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wrote him off three years ago and Me he's too. still here. <laughs> um, but, but so, but I think they get, they get a guy that, that can challenge for the position, maybe bring some interior pass rush. Um, you know, a guy that, that's going to take some tuning, but you know, you're at least know what you're getting with him. Um, but also, I mean, don't forget Tyson Lulu. That guy's been good at his job. Yeah, uh, he's a he's a former top ten pick in the NFL draft. You know, and uh, he he fits what they want to do as a technical sound guy. Um, that's on, that's on the interior. So definitely don't overlook him. But I mean, Hargrave was just very special. I, I I'll tell you, like talking to him, he was always really nice. And there were times like I'd be like, "Hey man, you use this move and then that move. Like, was, was that something that you planned?" He's like, "Dog, like I honestly I don't do X's and O's." Like, no man, I just <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was just, like, I, I like, just okay, try to cool. get by a guy, right? And, and and but but that was what I loved about him was that his game was, "Hey, I'm gonna get lower than you. I'm gonna outwork you. I'm gonna use better hands. I'm gonna have better footwork." And and that was it was that. And then and he would just kind of make it happen. 
And uh, that would crush people that were even like just so much bigger than him and, and, and weighed more. Um, so, uh, yeah, I absolutely, I think he absolutely deserved his contract. And, it, and I also, I also told him like, I'm a, you know, being a Cheney grad, I'm a, I'm a graduate of the oldest and first, uh, historically black college in the country. And, uh, he went to another historically black college. So like, whenever you see guys look at each other, we just kind of like, like, yeah, what's up, mate? How you doing? <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm pretty sure he you know, won more games in college than Cheney did. That's all, <laughs> that's all I'm say. First of all, yeah, I told you guys off air. I was like, yeah, my, I, I played band at Cheney University. The game that we beat, the, the game that we beat Lockhaven. Yeah, I that's my school, to, baby. I, I, I didn't even get to go to that game, so that was sad. And then my senior year, it was, a, it was they beat Millersville in an away game, and we couldn't go to it because it was an away game. Yeah, and right. so I never saw in my four years, I never saw Cheney beat somebody with my own eyes. And then, and then. The first game, I go to law school, the first game of the season they play Lincoln, they're our arch nemesis, you know, and they beat Lincoln in a, in a home game. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. Like, yeah, I'm listening to this on the radio. What's wrong like, with the universe right now? Yeah, and I was just – but I mean, but at the same time, I like, I threw all my books in the air. I was like, this is amazing. We did it. We finally did it. So, but that's the universe. But anyways, yes, Javon Hargrave, I'm very proud of that guy because I've seen him grow from uh, from coming in. I mean, remember I was, as a rookie in the playoffs getting after Tom Brady. Um, yep. so, um, he's, he's, he's definitely, he definitely deserves it. I think him and Fletcher Cox are going to be a, a nasty one, two punch in the middle they of that are. Eagles defense. I agree. Hey, before agree. you read our sponsors, I want to ask him my opinion on two defensive linemen that might be there in the, like the fourth round. Sure. What sure. do you think of, uh, leaky Foto from Utah would be one. Okay. And I also like the kid Lim Lynch from Baylor. Any, oh. Do you have anything on those guys yet, or is it too early to? You haven't really got into the prep yet. No, I, I've I've like glanced at them. I haven't done my deep dives on fourth and fifth round interior right. defensive linemen yet. Okay. Um, but I but I have like glanced at them. I mean, thing is, is when when I'm when I'm looking down the line, I'm looking for guys like like with Lynch, right? You know, you're looking at a guy Baylor, good school, Big Twelve. You know, and he had a lot of time. You know, with rushing the passer there, but. I'm just I'm not sold on banking on any of these guys. Like people have to understand when they draft one of these guys, this it, it is most likely not going to be someone that just contributes right away. Right, absolutely. You know, I'm just gonna say if, that. To, to to stop BSing around your question, I, I would pick James Lynch. Um, but I, you know, I like the way he gets off the ball. I like the way he fights. Uh, he's a little lighter and, than most of those defensive tackles too. I don't think he's he, just done, he's like a. The Bisco wafer under three hundred, like he's, he's right. like two ninety five or something like that. Yeah, but but that's the thing is that's why I like him. Yeah, like me too. That's he, what I was. Pointing he doesn't. Out. He he doesn't win off of just like like Isaiah Bugs. Isaiah Bugs didn't win. Didn't doesn't win matchups because of explosiveness. Isaiah Bugs, well, at least when he was in college, he won won uh, because uh, uh, what's his face that went to the Jets. Uh, he was distracting all the attention. Right. But two Isaiah Bugs was also like he would use his size and just overpower you. Whereas with Lynch, he's more of a guy. He's going to outwork you, kind of like how Hargrave does. And so I think that's a good comp. Um, and, and if you get him in the fourth or fifth round, yeah, I, I'd prefer the I'd, I'd prefer the fifth, um, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Um, but because well, he may be is, there in the fifth too. Because look, these defensive tackles. I think this is a horrible year for defensive tackles compared yeah, to last year. So, year. so there's mm-hmm. there's like you said, there's 15 guys that are interchangeable after the top two or three. I agree. So mm-hmm. I, I think. That that'd be the guy that I'd go with, um, but again, whoever you go with, you got to find a skill set that's going to match up well and give you give you something that you can work with. I, I honestly think when you're thinking about backup backup defensive linemen, 
you're thinking of guys that stop the run well and, and plug up the gaps right. because Which are more the of pass a, rush. More of a bigger guy, maybe, if you want to do that. True. Takes on two linemen. Right. And, and that's the thing is that a guy that frees up your linebackers because you want your top guys out there on the edge, on, on the pass rushing downs and third down. Um, so, so yeah, but I mean, but Lynch, if I had to pick one of those two, I'd, I'd pick Lynch in the, in the fifth. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, let's just take a short break here. We uh, just wanted to thank our sponsors for this podcast. Look, everybody, we know you're not going out and eating dine-in. No, we know you no, shouldn't we, go You out. shouldn't do that. And there was, I think... The rule went out today that there's going to be fines if they're still doing dining. So, look, we've, we've got to be responsible. We've got to make sure we're doing some of that social separation. But doesn't mean that you can't go order takeout. And I am telling you where to get takeout. The East Liberty section of Pittsburgh, three places. They're side by side on South Highland Avenue, everybody. Muddy Waters Oyster Bar, Kahuna, and Bird on the Run. That's where you need to order from, and you can find uh, you can find Muddy Waters Oyster Bar on Postmates and Grubhub. You can find Bird on the Run and Kahuna on Postmates, Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash. So here's some phone numbers for you. Yeah, if you want to order from Muddy Waters, 412-361-0555 from Kahuna. Now, now, let me start with Muddy Waters Oyster Bar. Great seafood, great oysters, but... For the takeout orders that they're doing for right now, they're actually now doing a family-style menu on Grubhub. That's for Muddy Waters Oyster Bar. Family-style menu, great family-style meals that'll feed the entire family. You can find the list of those family-style meals on Muddy Waters' Instagram page. So check that out, family-style menu for takeout on Grubhub with Muddy Waters Oyster Bar. You can also go to order from Kahuna. Great Poke Bowl. Po- great Poke Bowls. Tuna, salmon, tofu. You can make your own. Go step-by-step. Step. It's kind of like a, you know, it's like build your own. Like whatever you want to put in your bowl but also tremendous smoothies and juices that you can order from there. So if you want to call Kahuna, make a takeout order, that's 412-450-8510. And last but certainly not least, Chris, you with me here on Bird on the Run? You uh, with no, me? I, I, I like Bird on the Run. I right. like Bird on right. the Run. So, so uh, Bird on the Run, great, great chicken. So spicy chicken sandwiches. Chicken nuggets, chicken. chicken strips, hot like chicken. So it's, they got they got levels of spice from zero not spicy to four hot AF. And I don't have to tell you what the F stands for, but my level's three because I still want to be able to taste the chicken without my mouth going numb. So that you can go in there, you can get sandwiches, strips, nuggets, tremendous waffle fries. They also have beignets for dessert. Whatever you want to get, you can order, again, online from Bird on the Run, your takeout. They, their phone number, if you want to call an order, is 412-450-8915. That's 412-450-8915. And when you go there, when you order from any of these places, please tell them that you heard about this on Basement Sports Podcast. And you'll get a penny off. No, I don't think so. No, we didn't strike that. <laughs> yeah, deal. No deal. But <laughs> but just let them know, uh, you know, we're trying to build our podcast here. Let them know that uh, you heard about their takeout orders on basement sports. And look, you're not going to be disappointed if you want to 
you know, instead of cooking at home, you want to take out a meal, you can't go wrong with any three of those. So that's that. And let's get back to talking yeah, let's some take NFL and Steelers. Of our NFL dude here. We, yeah, we, Chris we Carter. Covered, uh, Chris Carter from DK Pittsburgh Sports joining us. And again, Chris, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, we covered a lot of Whoa. the Pittsburgh stuff, the free agency stuff. Um, let's go to the big news. Tom Brady going T B going to T B. Huh? Yeah. Tom Brady in Tampa. Chris, shocked? Um, I wouldn't say shocked. I did expect him to go back to New England. I did but too. I wouldn't say shocked because I mean, one thing that was really funny, and I'm sure you guys saw it, but the video of him at the basketball game with Edelman, Edelman yeah. like, was like, <laughs> Edelman said he's back. coming back, and he says, no, I'm not. <laughs> and, and, and he just, he, he doesn't even look at Edelman. He looks, he gives the side eye and just sort of, you see him come, talk out the side of his mouth. Yep. And you're like, and you see Edelman's like face like, oh, that was that bad. was cri- and, That was cringeworthy, man. I think Edelman had <laughs> yeah. a few uh, beverages. Did he jump yeah. on a hood that did he jump on the hood of a no, car? No, different that night? day. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> but um but no, but seriously, when I look at that, I'm like, man, like I, I just I, I, you know, a lot of Patriots fans were have been cussing out people that said he was go he would go somewhere else. And that was and it, so that that's funny seeing their reactions. Honestly, I, I know a lot of people are celebrating Pittsburgh. I didn't want him to go. I, I think that he's perfect right where he is in New England right now. He's not the threat. And, and honest, because I don't even if he is the threat that he's always been at Tom Brady, I think that he's on a decline and he, I think that he. I, I'm not too scared of him at Tampa Bay, but if he stayed in New England, like I would have loved. To, like say they say they make the playoffs this year, the Steelers Ben's healthy, they get a ground game, and the defense is still where it was at Nick last year. I think the Steelers would steamroll them. The, the, the way the way that they played, the way that they lost to the Titans. Imagine imagine the Titans with Ben Roethlisberger and a better defense. Now, granted, they don't have Derrick Henry, but. I think that you you look at that situation. I think the Patriots would be in a lot more trouble this year. Yeah, the and, only uh, thing about that, Chris, is you know, and you everybody knows, Belichick was not going into this season with no receivers again. He was not going into this season without another tight end. He's going to mm-hmm. retool. They have twelve draft picks. He's going to get some speed. He's going to get a bunch. Now I, I know a lot I'm, of them are in the I'm fourth also, round and second round, but but I'm also I'm going to tell you right now, Belichick's drafting is not the best. Like especially the receivers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but look, and kill Harry. Like, th- what did he do this year? And look, look throughout, look throughout his drafts. Yes, he has his home runs and Rob Gronkowski, and but he, he doesn't get credit for Tom Brady. I'm sorry, when you pick no. a guy in the sixth round, it's like, it's like saying Tomlin gets credit for for Antonio Brown. If you thought Antonio Brown was going to be the best receiver in football, you would have picked him in the first round. That's right. Um, but yeah, so the same thing goes for Tom Brady, and he has some hits here and there. Um, you know, Dante Hightower is a good pick, but there's so many picks that just completely whiff on and. That's why I'm just I'm not sold on this idea that they're just going to rebuild like that. I think they had a great system and they had a guy that was one of the best processors of the field that I've ever seen in Tom Brady. Well, he definitely Excuse knew me. who was going to be open before they snapped the ball, just by the way right. the defense moved it. As soon as you're all he watched was a linebacker or and or a safety, and if they right. went left, he knew exactly who he was throwing to. It was a lot like playing Madden. Exactly. I mean, you know? he. He, ha- he can see the field really well. And that's I-, I would call him the best processor of the field that I've ever seen. I would not call him the best quarterback that I've ever seen. No, I'm, I'm with you. Be- yeah, with I you. agree. I still yeah. like, I agree. I, there's still a bunch of slingers. But um, uh, the one thing I can say about Brady is he's he's much tougher than people give him credit for. He plays every game. Um, he gets up. He'll get in the guy's face. Um, for his athleticism, which is nil, like I, yeah, I think I had more athleticism <laughs> him in sixth grade. I love what I love seeing I his, dra- his his uh, combine picture. Oh, just 
but but the thing about Tom Brady that stuff that you know the Steelers Ben Ben can do, but none none of the Steelers this past year could do. He threw receivers open. He's been mm-hmm. doing it for ten years. So when you're covered, Brady will throw that ball over the middle, and he'll let his receiver Edelman or whatever will outrun the defensive back for the ball, and they'll get fifteen yards when he should have never thrown the ball. So. Tampa Bay has some serious weapons. They have two. They have Godwin. Um, they have Evans. Evans on the yep. outside. And they got uh, a, a decent running grain. You know, Howard, Brait. Um, I think they're going to make some noise down there in Tampa with Arians. But here's an, here's, here's an interesting question, though, and this is the rumblings. Does Antonio Brown go to the Buccaneers? Yeah, Antonio well, for, Brown's probably on the ineligible to play list. But, I mean, seriously. But, yeah. I mean, but, but yeah. I mean, you know he's probably going to get suspended and fined, but – but Brady has Brady has publicly said he, he he like he wants to play with Antonio Brown. Does Brown go to the Buccaneers? No, I say no. Uh, I I think that the only way this happens is if his stuff clears up with the NFL, right? Um, and and, and I don't see that happening anytime soon. I'm not yeah. sure if the Buccaneers take that shot. Um, and so when he comes off that list, sure, maybe, All but. Right. Right. Um, but right now, I don't bank a whole lot on it. I think they're going to be competitive. I mean, Tom Brady is one of the best competitors in all of sports. Um, that's where I'll give him a lot of credit. And uh, and you know, when it comes to you know Godwin and uh, Evans and Brayton Howard, he's going to have weapons. So um, for all his complaining about what the weapons he didn't have in in, in New England, um, he's going to have a chance to shine it off. But the problem is that with Arians' offense, he wants to right. he wants a guy that's going to throw it deep and Brady can't throw it deep no more. No, and he also that don't was, have an offensive line. And that either. was going to be my question: is like, yeah. how does how does Brady fit into Arians' system? That, that's just, that's a mystery to me. They're gonna need they're gonna need a lot more wide receiver screens and Arians did that a lot with Brandon Roethlisberger yeah, back he in the day. Did. But he did. Um, I'm but worried about I, their I offensive line, honestly. Tampa Bay's no, offensive I, I, line's garbage. Same here. They they got to give him time. If you don't give Tom Brady time, he's toast. Like like, yep. and, we, and we saw that in the Super Bowls that he's lost. He lost to the Eagles defensive front and both of the Giants, Giants defensive fronts. Yeah. And, and so uh, when I, when I look at those uh, and, and you look at the some of the AFC Championship games off the time that when the Colts started to take over, it was when Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis were just bringing it. And then the same thing for the Broncos. It was Vaughn Miller just crushing everything in his path. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so I, I look at this and I'm like, man, I'm not so sure. Like, you know, he's going to go be going up against Cameron Jordan, twi- you know, twice a year. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I'm not 100% certain that, that this is going to be a cakewalk for him. Um, but I do think that they're going to compete. They're going to make the playoffs with him. Um, but, you know, I was, I was making this joke yesterday on Locked On Steelers podcast. Um, I was like, the nightmare would be if the Buccaneers made the Super Bowl and had to play the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how about that? Or, you know, it's worse. What if they played the Steelers? Brady against oh! the Steelers. Are you kidding me? That's the dream. That'd be oh, I'd love well, it. Hey, the Super Slight. Bowl The Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay this year. Ah, sweet Jesus. Exer- <laughs> exercise the demons. Like, I, yeah. I have, like I, this, this is why I wanted to stay in, in New England. I wanted them to, to exercise the demons, to get rid of the ghosts, to say, you know what? All this talk, first of all, all this hype about how Tom Brady and, and Belichick own the Steelers in the playoffs. They've beaten Mike Tomlin once in the playoffs. Yeah. Once. Right. And, and you go back to the Coward days. They lost in 04 in Ben's rookie year, which that was one of the Spygate years. And in 2001, it was Drew Bledsoe that beat him. It, so, right. yeah, they have tons, ton of regular season wins. But don't, don't give me this crap about how, oh, they just, the Steelers never stood a chance in the playoffs. Get the heck out of here! Well, like, and, they, and they, plus, they, what was the plus, Jesse James catcher? The no, that was a regular uh, season game. Regular that, the, season. The, the playoff New game, England, though, right? No, it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but the, the, they, the, played, Pittsburgh. they played New England. But yeah. the, the Pittsburgh, the, the, the AFC Championship game, lost too. We lost Bell early in that game. 
You know, yep. we, and then our, our running game was was crap. Like it just, you know, your entire game plan gets shot right out the window at that point. So, and, and people forget that they were down to their fifth receiver behind Antonio Brown, right? Because he still Marcus, was concussed. Right. Well, well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. No, Antonio no. Antonio Brown was no. healthy, but it was Marcus Wheaton was out. Marcus Wheaton Martavis was out. Bryant That's was out. right. That's S- right. Sammy Coates. Sammy Coates had broken hands. Their next receiver was Darius Hayward Bay and Kobe Hamilton. Right. Like that's that's what they were down to when they played that year. So so in Eli, Eli Rogers. So every time Ben dropped back without a ground game, the the Patriots were like we are going to triple team Antonio. Yeah, Edwards. why not? And, <laughs> right, right. And, 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 and go ahead, Ben. Beat us with Eli Rogers. See if you can do that. And Ben can't do that kind of stuff. So right. Um. So so that's what that that's what happened in that game. But but again, great player, great all time player. He's going to the Bucks. They're going to be competitive, but. I, I'm just not one that's sitting here celebrating. I'm like, man, I wanted to see these guys go up against. I wanted to see the Steelers take them this this year, um, but you know, that it, it is what it is. I think the Steelers they may end up playing the Patriots in the playoffs anyways. Because um, I'm still not sold on the Bills or the Jets or I was anyone just going to yeah. say that. Prove it. Right. If, all right, you two are both. We're all three on the spot. Who wins the AFC East this year? <laughs> right hey, now, I'm gonna say, Patriots. I'm I'm going to say I'm gonna, Buffalo. I'm, I'm going to say the Bills simply because their defense is, is more intact. Yeah. I really like the addition of Josh Norman um, simply because he's not a number one cornerback that takes away everybody, but put him at a number two where he can cover your second best options and play behind Tredavious White and work with that pass rush. Now you're talking about him just playing in a system and letting him just be himself. That's where I think Josh Norman thrives. And then you still got Tredavious White. You're still going to have an offense that's kind of young. They got Stephon Diggs. Well, they just got um, Hop- who they, they didn't get Hopkins. No, 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 no. They got Diggs. They got Diggs. They got Diggs. So let's. We've got to talk about this, Chris. We've got to talk the about trade. Uh, the Hopkins trade. <laughs> well, more importantly, uh, what I want to know is, does Bill O'Brien Bill still Bryan have a job? Should after he this? still be employed? Because I don't think he should. Chris. Well. The guy, the, the owner, uh, Bill McNair, or whatever his name is, he doesn't exactly have the best track record of caring about um, yeah, people. people that make uh, <laughs> yeah people in general, yeah, but also right. care, care, caring about uh, politically incorrect statements or slash, you know, borderline racist statements. That's a good way to put it. You guys saw the, the Michael Irvin talk on uh, on Get Up Today, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, 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 you I, don't I, know yeah. this, but I'm actually a Cowboy fan also. So oh, okay, um, cool. I listen to a Sports Talk Dallas radio while I'm at work, and they had him mm-hmm. on before that, and he just went off. Like, he went off and said, here's what happened to Hopkins. And that was about four hours before this thing came out on, yeah. on of what he said. So Yeah, and th- that's what I'm saying is that um, – so for those who are listening and don't know, mm-hmm. basically what Michael Irvin said is that at some point recently – DeAndre Hopkins during the season was brought in to a meeting by, with Bill O'Brien. And Bill O'Brien said, hey, man, like, you have too much control of the locker room. I see you like the next Aaron Hernandez. Wow. And, you know, and you have too many baby mamas around. Wow. And Hopkins is like, I have never been in trouble with the law a day of my life. And, and who cares, you know, what relationships I have with what women. And, and, uh, and, and Tom so Brady what, has wim- kids to different women. Ba boom! Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have to bring that up. I they, thank you, thank you. Uh, but but that's but that's the whole point. There is that like these irrational judgments were made about DeAndre Hopkins, and and, and so immediately he was like, I, I don't care to be here. And that's even with a great quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who I think is is on the rise. But unfortunately, until Bill O'Brien gets going, I think that Hop- Watkins is going to be limited like like Hopkins was. And it's it's so sad to see that breakup happen because I thought they were a great duo. 
Mm-hmm. Uncoverable. Um, and, uh, yeah. Absolutely yeah. uncoverable. Right. No, nope. I still think of that catch he made against the Steelers. Uh, oh, any so catch. Any, they uh, try to double geez. team him every play, and he still catches it. Yeah. And, and you're and right. I, he not one. Zero off the field. You incidents. never hear anything negative about that nope. kid. Ever. Not, no Very one, well the, spoken. The, yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, he's a dog. Like when he when you see him battle people, like he don't back. He you works guys are, hard. You, you you guys have all seen how he ended the career of what was his face? It was like D'Angelo. Uh, wow. Oh, I can't remember his last name now. Not um, Russell. Not D'Angelo. For who? Uh, not D- Russell. Uh, 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 Hall. D'Angelo Hall. Hall. Yeah. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Hall. D'Angelo Hall. Yeah. So the the the, the it's the Texans and in in, in Washington. In their in their preseason or their training camp uh, shared practice when they used to do those, and they're practicing against each other. And for whatever reason, D'Angelo Hall, who just always had a mouth on him, and and that's just his game. He talks trash, he tries to get in your head, make you make mistakes. Right. So he does that with with DeAndre Hopkins. He's like, you don't want to see me, and he was like, boy, I fear God. That's like, and, and, <laughs> so Hopkins says that. Right, like, well, how many says that? Like, that should make you back up with his response is that. So, you know what my that, response would have been if I was Hall, coach? I hurt my mm-hmm. hamstring. <laughs> well, well, so that was the thing. So the next time, like, Hopkins don't swing on him. He don't do nothing. They just line up against each other. Hopkins runs a quick little out and just does a little boop boop, and Gone. you just see Hall just like go ah, and he just, he grabs, he just falls to the ground. Yeah, he just falls to the ground. His Achilles was torn, and that was the end of his career. Yep. Hopkins ended his career in a practice, and then he just said. <laughs> He said, I try to tell him. I try to tell him. Like, yeah. like, so Stay that away. Is how, that is how bad that man is. He's not just a physical presence. He's a route-running menace. He has amazing hands. He know, he's, a, he's a leader. He's a motivator. And the fact that you let him go for a second-round pick in David Johnson is a joke. Yeah, and, and a fourth-round pick. Now, let, now I, I'm not, I agree with you, but let me play devil's advocate for 30 seconds. The Texans – now, I, I like Bill O'Brien just because he – took over my Penn State Nittany Lions after the whole Sandusky thing, and he uh, – I wouldn't say he saved the program. He did a respectable he, job. He kept some kids there under a really tough situation. So. I was at that Wisconsin game when they won that one year okay. uh, late in the season where it was, like, it was a cold game. So I, I, I get what you're talking so about. So just a still. little I, – I don't – I still think he's a dick as a person and, and probably a coach. But at Devil's Advocate, they didn't have – Houston didn't have a top 50 pick in either of the next two drafts. Mm-hmm. So they get a second and a fourth, one this year, one next year. So they increase their draft stock. They get rid of a guy that they can't pay next year anyway. His contract's up. This is his last year. So they're not paying him franchise. He's getting top three receiver money. So he's going to be making $25 million a year. They didn't want to do that on the cap. And they get back David Johnson, who, hell, they might even cut him. Who knows, depending on what his cap hit is. And they, but then, they, and then they trade for Randall Cobb, who is nowhere near the talent of Hopkins. But so they got the receiver, they got two draft picks, and they saved next year probably twenty five million on the cap. So that would be your argument. A, well, is it still a horrible trade? Yeah, I think it is. But do you do you hold on to Hopkins and get nothing for him when he becomes a free agent? Um. So here's my counter to that: is that right now. DeAndre Hopkins, his cap number, uh, for so he's he, he's not on the final year of his deal. He has three more he has three more years. Okay, his cap okay. number this year was about fifteen and a half. Um, I, I think that that's with some of the money sticking with uh, um, I think it was like three and a half years mil three and a half mil guaranteed okay. per year okay. with the Texans. So they're going to eat that, right? But for the Cardinals, here's how much they're paying with him up and through up through twenty twenty two when he'll be thirty years old. Twelve and a half mil this year. 
13 and a half mil next year and almost 14 mil wow. in 2022. Yeah, that's like, nothing. They stole him. That yeah, is, they did. There's, right. there's, there's no. And there's they got no rid rebuttal. of David Johnson. And they got rid of they dumped contract. his contract on the Texans, which that contract, I'm sorry. You know, I get that. I get that years ago he was a beast. But if I'm the Texans, I'm like, look, buddy, we traded for you and all, but uh, uh, we're cutting you. You, you but yeah, like, like you better. Uh, or we'll restructure. We'll re, we'll redo this deal. We'll make it favorable to us. But as it stands right now, he's an 11.1 million dollar cap hit to, to the to, to the Texans. Yeah, that and, makes and it even guy, worse. It, it, you know, yeah. it's it, it, if you're Kevin Colbert and the Texans come to you with a deal like that, it's like, where do I sign? Can you imagine yeah. Colbert going? Listen, uh, we'll call. I'll call you back <laughs> because you can't say, "Sweet Jesus, okay, send the paperwork over." Like you can't do that as a GM. I don't think there's. I don't, the I don't think there's with, a single GM in hell? football that would have turned a deal yeah. like that down. Like no way. Yeah, on, I mean, give 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 up a second round pick for that. Yeah. Now, granted, it was an early second round pick because it's the Cardinals. Right. Um, but so, like, maybe the Steelers add a little bit more cap, but. If I, I mean, you mean to tell me I get I get DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. I'll give up that 49th overall pick. Sure. And heck, I, I might throw in the James Washington for you. Like you know, here, here, take this right. guy. We'll swap that. And yep. uh, bada boom, now I got my playmate, my number one wide receiver back. The Antonio Brown issue's been solved. And uh, yeah, so, but here, but at the same time, Bill O'Brien was probably just like, hey, we gotta get Hopkins as far away from us as possible. Get him in the NFC West, where you know we won't have to worry about him. Um, but now you look at the Cardinals. Good Kyler for Murray. Kyler Murray, baby. Yeah. Dude, he's got. He, he's gonna have him. He'll have most likely have Kenyon Drake. He'll have Larry Fitzgerald. He'll yep. have Christian Kirk. I mean, uh, Larry Fitzgerald had to have, like not slept at night. Ooh, he, like man. he had to be so excited. He's probably. Like, I got a partner again. He yeah, yeah he's like since like Anquan Bolden. He's probably thinking it's like, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, he was loyal Anquan to the Cardinals. Bolden is one of the most underrated receivers but, ever. But well, I mean. Larry Fitzgerald's probably thinking, you know, I'm loyal. I, I want to keep playing. I'm loyal to the Cardinals, but probably knew their chances, like even making the playoffs, where it's still going to be a climb with Kyler Murray. But now he's got Hopkins on the other side. Now they're they're legit. Like their offense is is scary, dude. They were fun to watch this year. They were. They were fun. Yep. Yeah. They were a fun team. Yeah. And with Kyler Murray, and everyone laughed about it. Like this, going number one, and he's too small. He's six foot tall, and blah blah blah. I'm going to tell you what. You can't catch him. No, you still you put him in the open field. He's as good as anybody in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, Chris, it's been an hour, and uh, and time flies when we're on these podcasts. Yes. Yeah, sure. uh, hey, tell everybody where they can find you. Where they can find you on social media. What what, what uh, information about your podcast? Uh, where can everybody find you? So, if you like to like to hear me here, you can listen to me Monday through Friday on the Locked On Steelers podcast. You find us on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you find podcasts, just search Locked On Steelers. You can you can subscribe at any point in time. And uh, I'm talking da- I'm talking daily on there, Monday through Friday. Get all your Steelers fix every day to get the up news, up the updated news and information. We do Throwback Thursdays. We talk about guys in the past. We have mock draft Mondays where even you as fans can submit your your own mock drafts, and then I pick through them and pick which the best one was each week. So uh, if you want to, oh, you'll you have that, one tomorrow, baby. Uh, so uh so so actually just so what what happens is uh you can join the facebook group locked on steelers that's where you'll be hundreds of other locked on listeners and on fridays i will post a a a mock draft monday post and under there in that comment section that's where you you just do it go to mock draft network 
do a screen grab of your own mock draft of, the, of just the Steelers, slap it in there and, and let the debates begin, see who had the best of the group. And then on Monday, I will pick the best one and you'll be your picks will be featured on the show and I'll go over each and every one of them and what I think of those players. Nice. Uh, but again, it's a it's a it's a week long show. You can subscribe to that there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Carter Critiques. You follow me, I'll follow you back. Hit me with that. Hit me with DM. Always down to chat with you guys. Appreciate you guys. That's how I met these guys over Twitter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and a, again, you can follow me there. Um, uh, so yeah, stay tuned with with Locked On Steelers. I also write for DKPittsburghSports.com as their lead NFL analyst. So you can check out my film work there. Um, but also, yeah, I got my my last plug, and this is what I've been pushing for the past three weeks or so. I'm in the Pittsburgh Media March Madness bracket. So if you're uh, if, if 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 you're familiar, Joey Bag of Donuts started this tournament where all these Pittsburgh media members were placed in the top 64, and I barely made it in. I was a 16 seed. I took down Kobe Armstrong in week one. I took down Jim Colony in week two, and now I'm going strong against Jason Mackey. I need your votes to get me over the top. So hit, to go to at Carter Critiques, you can find my you can find it on my profile. I've most likely retweeted it lately, and you can uh, vote for me there. All right. Well, hey, Chris, we can't thank you enough. We really appreciate you joining us here on the Basement Sports Podcast. Actually, we'd love to have you come back. Maybe after sure. the maybe after the draft, we can t- take a take a deep dive into the Steeler draft picks and the interesting draft picks across the NFL. If that works for you, that would work. That would work great, guys. It was a fun show. All thank right. You. Hey, thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate you joining us. Yep. Have a good night. All right, everybody. Hey. Um, Thank you so much. That was a great, great interview with uh, you Chris talk Carter. You want to talk about a guy that knows who he's talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'll tell you what. We've got to have him he back on. Stuff. Hey, and, and remember, everybody, um, today's podcast was brought to you. I call them the big three. Got a lot going on. Can't dine in, but you can take out. So Muddy Waters Oyster Bar, Kahuna, Poke Bowls, Smoothies and Juices, and also Bird on the Run. On South Highland Avenue, you can get them through Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats, DoorDash. Check them out. And remember, with Muddy Waters, they have family-style menu on Grubhub that you can get right now. Get on Muddy Waters Oyster Bar Instagram and check it out. Order some family-style chow. You know what? You don't have to cook every night at home. You can order some takeout. If you want to have it delivered, you can use one of these great services. But please, please order out from Muddy Waters Oyster Bar, Kahuna Poke Bowls, Juices and Smoothies, and Bird on the Run. And thank support you guys for sponsoring. Support your local restaurants, yes, guys. Get a gift certificate all. if you can so they get some cash in these tough times. Remember, leave your comments on our Basement Sports Facebook page. We're on Twitter. We're on uh, iHeartRadio. We are on pretty much everywhere. Yeah, iHeart, Spotify. Uh, please send us an email, basementsportspodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, leave us some comments on Twitter after tonight's interview with Chris Carter. We're definitely going to try to have him back. What a great interview and just full of knowledge, everything Steelers and NFL. But, hey, we can't do it without you. We appreciate you all listening out there, and uh, we will check you out next time. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.